Aloha, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Our Undoing Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Vaney, and I am hoping, that is to say, I have no plans to do any more of these um, political episodes. I, I ho- I'm hoping this is the last of them, kind of a mini-series within the umbrella topic of violence for this season. That said, I do have a couple more interviews to record as of this recording, and so who knows what will come up as a topic. But uh, it seems at least that QAnon can be taken off the table, because now that the inauguration of Joe Biden has happened, um, there's a split in the QAnon movement. Part of them want to take out the word Trump and replace it with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, thereby perpetually going with the conspiracy and put it into his hands. That seems to be maybe the minority and the majority, including, I think, the dude who runs the Q message board where the Q drops were allegedly coming, uh, have decided that they've been cheated and wondering if they were blinded and stupid this whole time. And the answer is um, yes. Although, maybe not that guy. Maybe that guy's just bailing because Biden's in and he doesn't want to be investigated because probably he's Q. I'm just guessing. There's your conspiracy theory for the day. Um, in any event, it's not good enough to just tell you you're a moron, <laughs> because the fact is, we've all been morons about things, right? It's just, how do you get back up on that horse? And especially with something as atrocious as uh, as this, because, you know, there are other conspiracy theories that actually make sense. Like, there's the 9-11 conspiracy theory, and there are a bunch of theories within the 9-11 conspiracy truthers. Uh, that don't make any sense. And then there's like, you know, a line of questioning that does make sense to do. And the same thing with JFK and the same thing with UFOs and, you know, other sort of big unanswered questions that get conspiracies formed around them. There are lines of questioning and lines of theorizing that are garbage. And there are those that are, uh, you know, good plausible threads to tug on. But with QAnon, it was garbage all the way up and down. And so you don't want to get back up on that horse. What you want to do is take that horse to the glue factory. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing is, I mean, you got to begin with you. It can't just be, and it sounds like some people are doing this, of like, how did this, not just how did this happen to me, but how did I let this happen? I guess that's what it is. Like, you've got to admit that your sense of discernment is faulty. And then ask yourself why that is. Like, how is it possible that a two-bit Carney Barker reality star who was a con man to begin with ever possessed you for four years and told you he was the good guy and you, you believed it? Like, what is it in you that would go for that? And you've just got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself about who he is, about what the mechanism behind the conspiracy is in terms of disinformation from the far right, from Russia, from wherever, from some clown in his basement, you know, from the uh, white supremacists. You know, all of these factions are pretty awful and they're all coming to get you. And so why aren't you awake to that conspiracy theory? And so with that question, the thing that you have to be honest with is that you 
either don't like women, black and brown people, so on and so forth, even if you are female, even if you are a black or brown person who falls for this stuff, uh, you have been absorbed into the white male patriarchy and you want to be that person. You want to get ahead within the system. You are completely selfish and don't care about those others. Those others need to be beneath you for you to feel like you're up because you're stuck in this stupid hierarchy, right? That's the system. Uh, So you either actively hate those people like a white supremacist would, uh, or you simply don't care about them because you care about you and yours. And so you have to be honest with that because if you're not, then you're just going to go back to being like whatever you were before, either a normal right winger who doesn't say that part out loud, (laughs) even though they're still acting on it. They don't say the bad part out loud. uh, The true part, the way they've been doing for the last four years, or you go back to being the new ager who Claims not to care about politics one way or the other. It doesn't affect your life. Life isn't about that man. Um, but when push comes to shove, no, actually, uh, your own self-absorption by way of taking a pseudo-spiritual or pseudo-rite-of-passage type journey, a pseudo-archetypal journey, That's more important than, like, children in cages, equal pay for women, gay rights, black people, period. And you're just fine believing that Jews are behind it all or that the language of Jews are behind it all as a, you know, globalization racist theory, the language of that. As long as it's about Hollywood elites and and George Soros in particular. Well, that's not anti-Semitism, is it? It is. And you're okay with that. And just say it. Like, admit it to yourself. Because the only way to not be that anymore is to understand that you are that. And to unravel the wrongness of it. And if you make it that far, then you make the apology rounds to your friends and family with the understanding that they may not accept you back. You know, the friends and family who didn't buy into that garbage and shunned you because it's as awful as they were saying it is. But don't go back to, I mean, you know, they may just take you back with an apology and it may, that may be fine. And then everyone goes on with life. And then all that stuff gets, all those issues get suppressed again and then they build up and then they blow up again later. But in the meantime, you guys are friends and family again. Oh, Thanksgiving's great. But there may be some friends and family who see through that, (laughs) who understand that the problem is you. And um, they have their own problems that are them, of course. We all do. But this is so extreme that it's hard to be around. And so they understand that you have to demonstrate that you are different that that pattern of behavior isn't you anymore and won't be in the future. At least if it comes up, you're going to be self-aware enough to look at it, to look for it, to nip it in the bud when it happens. Because it's not about just apologizing and then going on with uh, a relationship under the rules and the terms that you decide, that you 
are okay with. Everyone has to be okay. Lord knows I've experienced this in my life where you cut people off because of their pattern of behavior or the way they treat you um, that you've accepted, but you no longer want to accept it anymore. You don't want to be in that holding pattern, that, that relationship. And so if they can't accept that or they can't change or accept responsibility for how they are with you, then you cut them off and it's not, you know, it grows beyond whatever the, the issue is at hand. And it is really like if they just apologize, if they just knew enough to understand and actually apologize and be different in relationship with you, then uh, you could go on. But until then, you know, they're always going to think it's just about that one issue. It's never them. And they're going to say, get over it. Just get over it. Why don't you just get over it? Or they're going to think that, you know, they're not going to tell you that maybe, but they'll think that. But meanwhile, you both know <laughs> deep down that that whatever the, the straw was that broke the camel's back, so to speak, isn't the actual issue. That's just, that was just the tipping point. At least that's my experience. And so I'm giving that to you, former QAnon, reformed QAnon people. Don't go looking for the next thing to latch on to. Realize that you've got a deficit within you of character in some way where you are latching onto garbage. And I don't say that smugly. I don't say that arrogantly. We all have these deficits of character. It's just that this is so blatant to so many people. And so like who, who the hell wants to be around that except other delusional like-minded people that it's unfeasible to even have a conversation with someone like that. You know what I mean? And you probably thought the same thing about everyone else, except now you know that you are wrong because you realize that you've been had, you've been conned all along. And so you've got to look at why it is that nobody could break through to you, why it is you believed the fake news of people telling you other news is fake news. You know what I mean? Like you had this, the whole rigmarole of media and in your own psychology warping and working against you. And there are certain people that that is going to work on and certain people that it isn't. And what's the difference? Could the difference be self-absorption? Could the difference be selfishness? Lack of wanting to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Lack of understanding and compassion. To a critical degree. I mean, beyond the norm. Just throwing that out there. I mean, to me, the good news is that someone like you, who is having this now crisis of conscience, or hopefully consciousness, um, is at the point where you could maybe hear this in the way that even those people who shunned you, who never gave into the QAnon garbage, or Trump is God garbage, maybe you could even be at the point where you could really get what we're doing here at Our Undoing, and have that big transformational moment. But, again, you can't go back to like, well, okay, evangelical garbage. I'll just go back there and wait for my marching orders. Or I'll go back to the New Age and wait for the guru to tell me what to do next, how to think. Or whatever the next video is about someone injecting me with microbots through a vaccine made by anonymous people I've never heard of before. 
I'll wait for that to happen so I can latch on to my next grievance. Don't be that person anymore. Don't. And for those of you who um, have been listening to, uh, well, this whole season and the last season and you're like just over the politics and all of that. I mean, on the one hand, I think we're pretty much done with it. But on the other hand, um, I just want to remind everybody that the hour and doing position is is to hold the two perspectives at once, which is how things are what our actual actions are in the world as we perform them, which is probably the part that you are, if you are sick of talking about this stuff, are trying to escape from. And our actions as language, that language being us speaking to ourselves unconsciously, trying to replicate death of self and oneness within self, And this language is telling us over and over that we're asleep in time. And something about that probably appeals to you. It may appeal to you because that's what you authentically are. But you are also currently this other person, right? So there's no running from one into the other or else the other becomes just more of the same garbage actions in the world. So there's no use in faking it trying to be someone spiritual and all that stuff. One has transcended and included, or one has not, right? And in the world of have not, which is your world right now, within that perspective, there is relativity. And so I have no problem telling you what I believe is the best set of positions to hold politically, for example. And frankly, if uh, we weren't stuck there, if you weren't there, We'd have no need to discuss it, right? I mean, you got to meet people where they are. But also, I'm there too. Some little piece of me. Of course, I, I already... I'm there in the way that, like, a snorkeler or a freediver is underwater. It's not my natural state anymore. So I have to come back up for air or I'll drown. <laughs> right? Like, that's my problem. But ultimately, I mean, you're not a fish either, really. You just your ability to hold your breath is a lot greater than mine at this point. But this uh, this collective humanity can't hold its breath for much longer before we all drown for realsies. If you know what I'm saying. So the reality is, we're here, and so we can share opinions, and we can argue, and we can do all that. Truth, of course, is not relative. Truth transcends and includes all of it. And yet, truth has no living, breathing relationship with the you of this perspective. Because truth is timelessness, and you and this perspective are time. Psychological time. And, again, what we're trying to get at here at Our Undoing is that the healthy, full expression of humanity is when the body, which already is time, exists in time, lives and breathes truth, the being who is timeless, the marriage of time and the timeless, in, you know, in self-awareness. So in other words, like we are already that, we are already time and timelessness, whether we know it or not which is when you say that is how some people get tripped up and they say, well, if I already am that, 
then if I already am oneness, then then that's it. I don't need to go any further than saying that out loud. I am that. And now I'm going to put on some prayer beads and healing crystals and say the word om. But that's not authentic. What we're, what it really means, and the thing that's missing there, is that, yes, you are that oneness. However, the self-awareness of oneness is not your self-awareness. Ne'er the twain shall meet. You are there, or oneness is there. You are there, or truth is there. You are there, or timelessness is there. When you're not blocking it out, there it be. But when you say it, when you say there it, there it be, there it is, makes it sound like this other entity, makes it sound, or this dead thing. But no, truth is living. Truth is aliveness itself. And that aliveness also includes you. So the self-awareness of truth also includes you, the you that just dissolved, died, whatever word you want to use, which resulted in truth becoming the case of the body. Because part of that body is the brain that once projected you, the self, well, it projects you, the self, again. Except instead of you being this unconscious, not-truth-alive brain entity or heart entity, you're all of awareness at once. And part of that awareness is what you just were. The self. But a healthy self. A whole self emanating from truth, not brain, I guess is what I'm getting at. But here we are. Instead of being that truth, we are this person with our truths clutching them like pearls, right? Using and abusing them. Discarding them, ignoring them. And what are truths? Truths are truth with a capital T, the living flowing stream coming into time, being translated essentially being broken into shards, which look like little aha moments that feel good and natural. And uh, maybe you put them together like you're following a path. Oh, if I just follow these truths, it'll lead me to truth. But they don't. They just feel that way because they're broken up dead bits of truth that kind of like a battery with just, uh, you know, that's dead, but it has that tiny little bit of juice. And if you smack the remote control enough times, It'll still work like once. That's kind of like what truths are, <laughs> but they're not, they're not the sun, <laughs> let alone a fully juiced battery. But here we are believing that we are eternally thirsty people eagerly drinking glass after glass of water to satiate the thirst, oblivious to the fact that in truth, we are the stream and our unending thirst and temporary quenching of thirst lives are us telling ourselves to wake up to the stream that we truly are. Instead of reading that, we live as these broken, thirsty people and call it human nature. But nature isn't this sick and torturous, right? So it's not healthy human nature. It's the human nature that we know and call us or call our own. It both is and isn't at the same time, you see. So I hope that this makes some sort of sense. I know I've uh, just said batteries and sun and water. 
<laughs> I, should, I really should have just stuck with one metaphor, but uh, Hungry Ghosts was already taken. But this is what we are, right? And so what happens to a society that doesn't understand death of self, but instead promotes self-improvement, the furtherance of self, the evolution of self, the evolution of what they call spirituality, but really is the evolution of self. Self-evolvement, self-involvement, self, self, self. Selfies. What do we do in a world of selfies? Well, it's a fractured world. It's not one alive in the flow of truth. So what is it doing? What is our psychology doing? It's mirroring physicality. It's mirroring what we see, what we sense around us, taking all of that in and forming a hologram, essentially. And with that hologram, we approach that world. And they sort of fit like a glove, so it kind of feels like that's what we should do. But when we mimic the world of apparent separation, which, thanks to physics, we know is also not really separate, but an energy manifesting as separate things, uh, we're essentially mimicking an illusion to begin with. But what the illusion is, even in its own right, is not such an appropriate thing to be mimicking because... When you have separation, when you have a sense of disjointed, uninterconnecting nature, if you indeed believe that you are an individual, separate from all others, separate from your environment, even though there's no evidence of that, because here you are living in it with those people, and all of you uh, share the same psychological traits, instead of coming to the understanding that you are of one conscious flux, an expression of a conscious flux. Instead, you say, no, 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 I'm an individual. I am separate. I have the ability to observe. I have the ability to form my own opinions and understand facts and blah, blah, blah. That false sense of autonomy, when we give into it, what we're really doing is setting up this pendulum on which we perpetually swing that we've talked about on previous episodes. In politics, that pendulum takes the form of, at least in America, the right and the left, the conservative, the liberal, but also, and usually we overlay onto that, the evil, the good, the wrong, the right, the unevolved, the evolved. You know, we just say these things and wherever we believe we are on that pendulum, whatever stance we take, then heading toward the other is devolution. Heading toward the other is chaos. And on the one hand, from within that perspective, or I should say from on that pendulum, I would, I guess I would argue that um, one is true and one is false in the sense that not that there is such a thing as progress necessarily, but that there is such a thing as uh, selfish motives and motives that are to benefit the most people possible. 
And within that, really only the completely selfish people uh, are in denial, if they are in denial. I mean, some of them aren't. Some of them are like upfront about their selfishness. But a good many of them would never own up to the fact that they're selfish. So I would say that there is, um, on that pendulum, a healthier way to be and a less healthy way to be. But I also don't, again, don't see progress because it's a pendulum. So I think progress is the illusion. Things aren't getting better on a trajectory that can't be broken, that won't inevitably be broken, I should say. And, um, you know, freedom and so-called democracy on paper aren't the real thing. They're not the free. They're not the state of being free. They're an on-paper replica, which can be trashed and burned. The second, a charismatic made-for-TV real estate salesman hits the scene, right? So for those of you who are thrilled that that, uh, Trump is gone and QAnon is waning and all of that, we can finally make progress from here. Just remember that you've already made progress up to here, and this is what it got you. Uh, And for those of you who think progress is just falling back asleep and not paying any attention to politics because either it's too taxing on your soul (laughs) for a lot of people uh, or, you know, because politics, once again, just doesn't matter, man. I'm privileged enough to not have to pay attention. Remember that other people do. They can't afford to go back to sleep. And they can't afford for you to either. So it is important to do the hard work of caring, being compassionate, being awake in the political sense. Because if we're not awake in the fullness of our state of human being sense, then the pendulum is the best thing we've got. It's the only thing we've got. Now, I don't think we have that much longer to be swinging on this thing. I think Mama Earth has plans for us because we don't have a plan for ourselves. Or maybe the problem is we have too many plans for ourselves. Maybe the problem is we haven't checked in with her because we're disconnected. And even for those of us who claim to be connected, that's just a lifestyle choice we made that has no bearing on reality. If you catch my drift. So maybe instead of listening to the next bunch of politicians or political message boards and taking your cues and your instructions from them, certainly pay attention to them and don't pretend like they don't exist and they're not important all that, but don't take your marching orders from anyone. Maybe just be still. Listen to the land. Listen to who whispers through the trees on a nice windy day. Listen for a language that speaks you instead of you speaking it. Until there is no word it. Which is a word that leads to possession. Which is a concept that leads to war. Maybe ponder that last sentence a little bit. And now lean in, lean in. And I'll tell you a little secret. I'll whisper it to you 
for some reason in this creepyish voice, don't ask, about Donald Trump. One for the road. Yeah, since this is our final farewell to hopefully Trump and hopefully all topics related to Trump. Um, I do want to say one thing, and this gets to the issue of whether or not there is evolution socially, which is that we now consider ourselves a postmodern society. So we've got this great ability to deconstruct things that we never had before. Because we got a lot more free time, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) In any event, uh, we fancy ourselves deconstructors. We like to tinker with things from the inside out and put them upside down and get to a point where something like a joke is so obscure that you have to have a very specific knowledge set to even understand what the hell is being said. And part of that involves knowing what the joke is lampooning in the first place. So we're now at an age where we love deconstructing, and so because of that, we like to pat, on our, pat ourselves on the back and call it evolution. Call it progress of some sort. But is it? Or is it just a new shine on the same old consciousness? What is reality television except uh, a form of entertainment that is consistently breaking the fourth wall? Consistently calling attention to itself as the actors, not actors, stare into the camera, give confessions, say that they're not actors, but are still giving you entertainment nonetheless. And what has pro wrestling become? Pro wrestling, uh, people used to believe that it was real. Um, and then they'd argue, you know, whether it was real or not. Some people thought it was fake. Some people thought it was real. It was an argument. And then one day, Vince McMahon, for tax purposes, because he didn't want to pay taxes, I think, in New Jersey as a uh, sport, uh, decided to out the entire profession as fake, as a, uh, a work of art. And so to maintain the reality now to keep the interest of people who have no choice but to know that it's fake, um, they break the fourth wall. They give what they call shoot interviews, which are supposedly behind the scenes, a real look at the reality behind what's going on. So everyone feels like they're in on what's going on. Everyone feels as though they're an expert. They're a behind-the-scenes person. As well as, at the same time, I mean, holding the two positions at once, enjoying the entertainment value, such as it is, at the level of pro wrestling, just like a reality TV show. And what is Donald Trump? Where does he come from? The world of reality TV with a crossover into pro wrestling. He's perfect in that way. So whether he's doing this consciously or not, when people of relatively normal intelligence take a look at this guy and and say, what the hell's wrong with people that they believe in him? He's a two-bit con artist. He's a total phony. And he's so stupid that he tells you everything he's going to do, and then he does it. The audacity of telling you everything he's going to do and then doing it, while at the same time pathologically lying about everything else about his motives, about 
you know, go down the list. And we look at that and we go, he's so obvious. Why don't people see through him? Well, he's so obvious the way pro wrestling is so obvious. He's so obvious the way reality television is so obvious. What he's doing is he's telling you the entertainment value part. This is what I'm going to do. And then he does it. And you think you're on the inside of something with him. You think there's like a wink and a nudge going on if you buy into the story that he's selling you. In other words, what some people see as he's so stupid, he's giving his entire game away and then doing it. How is it possible he's getting away with it? The reason he's getting away with it um, is because for the people who believe in him, people who follow him, the act of doing that is like the pro wrestling shoot interview or like the reality show confessional. It's meant to be an intimate moment between Donald Trump and viewer where he tells you the truth. And this, of course, is after telling you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again that anything that isn't coming out of his mouth is fake news. So you have these two things going on at the same time. The beating you down with repetition, beating you into submission with repetition, and the wink-nudge, this-is-the-real-deal intimacy thing of postmodern TV. This is postmodernism. He is a postmodern president. He's deconstructing as he goes along, which gives him license to destroy for a lot of people. And for the rest of us, we just sort of sit around going, what is going on here? Why are these people under a spell? Well, lift the scales from your eyes, everyone. I just served it up to you on a plate. Now what are you going to do with it? Probably allow it to happen again. Back and forth on the pendulum we swing. Until one magical day, we do not.